Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, couch potatoes and TV junkies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up, the TV pilot review podcast. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here as always with my good friend, former roommate, and co-host, Rich. Parts one and two of the stream team coming at you, and we apparently have no idea how, like, we just realized we don't know how, like, bird births work. Right. Uh, outside of, like, they lay eggs, but... Are they pregnant with the eggs? Yeah, can you see... Uh, the, the reason we're talking about this <laughs> is because moments before starting, uh, a incredibly fat robin landed on a branch outside of Rich's window. And it's like, it's the middle of February. And this bird was big. And this branch was bowed. Yes, yeah, that's sort of what caught my eye was the strain that this bird's landing put on this tree. And we were like... Yeah, is he is he just fat from eating well? Is this a pregnant bird? Like we have no idea. Uh, none of the answers are going to be uh, uh, revealed in this it's, show. It's no, like, sir. No, God, no. <laughs> it just like fell off the branch too, didn't it? Like I yes, was, like staring off into the floor. Like shit, I don't know how birds work. Yes, I saw this bird. It was it was going for more food on the branch and like lost its footing and just fell. It's just what we needed to get the get the vibe started. Absolutely, here. man. Speaking of a uh, 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 fat Robin, that'd be I can't wait for Fat Robin to make his debut in Dawn of Justice too. That's right, <laughs> Tubby Robin. Sorry, sorry, Batman. I was just been eating my feelings lately. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, dude. Once your when your metabolism slows down with age, yeah. when you're not out fighting crime every night, every night. You can't afford to eat like a young boy wonder. No, man. Sometimes you just want to get some fucking fried chicken strips delivered to you and just fucking eat them. Have you watched the the final trailer for... Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. And it's very Batman-centric. It is. And it's actually made you think that it, it showed some action. Like, in yeah. retrospect, not a ton of action in the previous trailers where no. this was like... All of it. A lot of fight scenes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to see just an internet swing uh, to it. Because I remember for the first few trailers and everything, everyone was just like crapping down its neck. And then for this trailer, I saw people gushing over it. Someone posted that they watched it like three times in a row. People were fucking losing their minds over it. It's funny. I have these inverse feelings for Suicide Squad. Yeah. And that the more trailers I've seen for Suicide Squad, the more reluctant I've been of of how much they're trying to cover and how many different threads they're trying to pull together. Like, oh, we're going to distract you with Bohemian Rhapsody. No, look at this. Yep. Oh, you mean uh, this is also kind of like... I. An origin tale for Joker, maybe plus a tie-in with, with you know Dawn of Justice plus a whole separate Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. So it's weird how the tide is swinging. Yeah, it really is. But yeah. Yeah, we shall, we shall indeed see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Uh. So good things kicked off. Well, I sort of asked, like, did you watch? No. What you watching? What am I watching? Well, I did a good amount of. Watch it. Uh, the the breath was narrow, but the amount was great. Yeah, I watched all of seasons four and five of the Venture Brothers, 
No, the wow. The cartoon. There's a um, new season that came out, isn't there? Yes, season six just. Okay. Uh, they're running episodes now. So, The Venture Brothers is an adult swim cartoon, a parody of the old Johnny Quest, mm-hmm. 60s action adventure sci-fi shows, and... Well, I have not discussed this much before. It is one of my favorites. It's a yeah. fantastic show. People are fucking diehard with that show. That show has built a really great universe. Initially, you know, just sort of one-off appearances and crazy characters that, mm-hmm. you know, you would think would just be sort of like a one-note joke have become like primary antagonist. And there's all <laughs> this history tied between everyone. And they parody every, they parody comic books, they parody, you know, cartoons, sci-fi, like anything it's it's pretty astounding uh all the references that they work in i think uh, i watched an episode on netflix about a year ago it was either with you or someone else it was like the uh like the yard sale episode yeah that was that was that was fun it was a uh, uh, fun to, uh patrick walburton does a voice in that right yes he does he's brock yeah. sampson the boy's bodyguard and in later seasons the agent of osi which is like a gi joe parody <laughs> it's so good if you want to hear a great one line Patrick Walburton impression, which I do. <laughs> uh, hit up Chris Mullet, <laughs> and and he can do one line. It's from his role as the captain on the Soren ride, and that's all he can do. Oh, that's, that's right. It. I have heard this, but yes, listeners, <laughs> I encourage you to go seek this out. And I don't want to do it right now because it's all he has. Yeah, it's all he has. <laughs> I don't want to take. It's that not from much him. more than one. It's a few words. It's it's one line. One line, like maybe four. Words, something like that? I don't know. This is your captain speaking. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's all right. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's done an Married with movies. Go listen to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's cool. That's exciting. Show's Have you fantastic. watched those seasons before, or were you catching up? Um, that show's got a really interesting history, and it's, it's actually been suited to me, who takes multiple years off of watching a TV show. I think... The pilot was produced and first ran in 2003. Yeah. Okay. Um, I believe that they did production for like 04, 05. And I don't know if they took like a four, five-year hiatus, but (laughs) there's a lot of gaps. And so um, they're just sort of consistently getting back to a schedule. I had seen all of one and two and three and and four but i just rewatched four yeah. five was new stuff to me and so six is now currently airing uh do you think it's like one of those deals that they just had where like that curb your enthusiasm has where hbo just goes to larry david like hey man whenever you want to do another season he's like oh well you know I, it, i'll get to you it must be i mean you know i could probably you know if any of you listeners are more familiar with the production timeline please reach out and let us know Maybe they maybe the seasons regularly started in like oh seven oh eight and they're kind of keeping a decent clip. Mm-hmm. But again, the show first appeared like yeah thirteen years yeah. ago, and they've done six seasons, so it might be it's like hey, when you have a full season, let us know. Yeah, I man, that just reminds me of uh, Harvey Birdman, which I feel like the the people that were involved with that show like have just gone on to do so many other like they're just way too busy to like ever kind of go back to that but that was a great fucking show right there yes it is i think we've talked about this before about personifying our particular taste down to like one network or yeah. like one thing or or what network is in a, like the the leaderboard top of the leaderboard for success me personally i think 
if I was only limited to one network for the rest of my life, I would probably be pretty happy with Adult Swim. I like cartoons. I like, you know, mature cartoons. I wouldn't miss, like, Game of Thrones. I wouldn't miss anything like that. that Adult be- Swim does a good job of kind of, like, running the gamut, too. Of, yes, they like, do. Really fucking crazy out there, chancy, just risky. Who knows what's like, who knows who the fuck this is for type of stuff. And tapering that with like some more grounded, either like reruns or like, you know, just more grounded stuff. Yes. That's, um, I, you know, the, the, I was researching this one time and I, of course, I can't recall his name, but. The the president of Adult Swim, the head of programming there, is someone from Cartoon Network way back in the day. Sure. Cartoon Network's not even that old. Cartoon Network was like 94, yeah, was 95, 96. 90s, yeah. And then Adult Swim came out like 99, 2000. So the programming, like that'd be a, a great like profile study of of that guy because yeah. it's been a very successful um, and very varied He's been the same network. like from start to, to now? I believe so. Wow. I believe he started as, you know, Something like that in Cartoon Network, and then was like promoted to head of Adult Swim, and I think it's still him. Damn, I'll try and look up the name while we're talking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, anything else? I also watched some South Park, okay. Which I hear I've heard some cool stuff about this current season. Were you watching older stuff or, or this season stuff? or okay. just this past season? Yeah, um, very cool. They're very, they're kind of like tackling this PC culture like head on. Yeah. Also, while the the episodes retain their their individual stories and their individual jokes, it's there's a through line. There's so, a continuity like yes. hadn't been in previous seasons. Right. So this whole season is episode two of this season picks up right after uh, the end of episode one. Okay, that's awesome because mm-hmm. I remember seeing a story that uh, a few months back that Comedy Central. Um, like renewed their contract with uh, with South Park and Matt and Trey, and uh, but it would be shortening their seasons from like twenty plus episodes to like thirteen or more like cable like run that we see these days, which made sense just based on headline and just knowing how fucking busy those guys are and how much goes into making that show and what a grind it is and yeah. and how current it is and all that and. I was like, that made sense just from that level. But whether it was to do this or they just realized that doing that gives them the opportunity to do this, that's super cool fucking one way or the other. It is. It's really neat. And it, I, it's, there's already some... It's like the show evolved. It did. Again, right in front of our eyes. You know, it's funny to think, too, that this was a show that's based on a complete lack of continuity, given that Kenny died every episode and yeah. was back again. So an interesting evolution. And... Makes for some good jokes. They already start reusing some some terms that they set up in the first episode. Yeah, in later episodes, and pretty. Funny. That's really fucking cool, especially as, as like them being able to to look out at the landscape and see the influence and success of shows like Rick and Morty and BoJack, and them to not be above it. Yeah, you know that's oh god damn it. They talk about it's smart. They talk about hot Cosby's and slow Cosby's. Oh God, <laughs> it's so great talking. Yeah, about. I'm gonna have to because that was another reason why I kind of like stopped watching is because there was really like no stakes aside from like if you were back in school like talking. That was like the original like well maybe not the original but for our generation that was like our water cooler talk. 
Park yeah. at school. I was like, man, you see South Park last night? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so I just kind of stopped watching it because it wasn't really a thing anymore. And you didn't, there wasn't a need to. There's a really great scene, too. Uh, I know what you mean about, like, the it, they kind of went and there was less to be critiqued or satirized or whatever. There's a really great scene in the first episode with these two characters. They're kind of like old farmers. And they have been, they've been briefly seen before. But they talk about, well, the PC's happening again. It lasted about six years last time. And it just it made me think, though, it's like, this show has been around for almost 20 years, yeah. if not 20 years. And the show has seen different waves. The cycles. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was really cool to think that they're aware of, you know, there wasn't much to, to talk about yeah. uh, last couple of years, but it's starting again. It is. We well, have to address stuff. Because they were right in the, the, the mix of that late 90s car crash television with fucking raunchy wrestling and Jerry Springer and mm -hmm. like just crazy like crazy shit mm -hmm. television was fucking insane in the late 90s yeah it, people have lost their mind girls gone wild commercials on every fucking channel yeah uh yeah and they were like a part of that as far as just being this raunchy push and then it like pulled back pretty hard um mm -hmm. uh, but they're still around they're yeah. fucking still standing from it yeah. that's pretty cool god it is, damn it it is great so i was very happy i'm going to continue watching both of those and seeking both of them out. Yeah, I got to fucking get on that uh, now that I know that. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and last thing, I've watched all these uh, courtesy, uh, shout out to my friend Ross, with his help oh, yeah. through Hulu. Yeah. And I am, I'm kind of blown away about Hulu. Like, I'm a movie person. I dig like what I can find on Netflix. But it seems like there's so much more I want to watch on Hulu really? than there is on well, Netflix. Well, it's a little more current. Right, definitely more current. Yeah, like with the next yeah. day streaming and all that. Like, yeah. Whereas for Netflix, Netflix is built for binging. Yes, they serve two different purposes. Netflix is built for binging, releases things seasons long at a time. Whereas, and like it's great for catching up and stuff like that. But we've talked about the difference between that. Uh, whereas, like, yeah, it's it's you know that's a big advantage for Hulu to have. Absolutely. And one one last last thing, I did read an article recently that whether. Was it Time Warner had an interest in in purchasing Hulu? Yeah, and if they were to, uh, plans to sort of pull back on the the currentness, like leaving an episode available for twenty four hours, but then after that, doesn't matter if you have a Hulu prescription or um, subscription, you'd need a Time Warner subscription <sighs> to access things. Like, man, God isn't that a, damn it, dude! You're gonna like put up two fucking paywalls? No, isn't that a bitch, man? That sucks. That is fucking garbage so hope that doesn't happen yeah so rich what you've been watching i uh been watching actually something that you had been banned watching nice uh i watched the third season of marin yep <clears throat> which um have you finished it i haven't and i know that there's some twist or <laughs> some evolution uh in the mean, finale basically the same thing that we talked about with south park and that it has like a narrative through line throughout the whole season is what happens in the third season of Marin. Like the show before, they were pretty much all like bottle episodes, and you know, one thing didn't affect another thing, you know, from episode to episode. Like there's maybe a girlfriend storyline, but it wasn't like fucking important. Right. Uh, she just happened to be in the next episode. 
Yeah. Uh, but this, like, there's a sort of an overarching thing of like him getting his own talk show, and it culminates, man. It fucking culminates, dude. If you're comfortable, and if you're comfortable sharing with the audience, I'd be down for you to to let us know what it is. Yeah. Well, uh, just basically, uh, in like the last two or three episodes, it might be the last two. Um, uh, Cole Cabana and CM Punk actually play like kind of an important role in this too, uh, because. Um, he's got the talk show coming up, the pilot, and, uh, he's interviewing, uh, Cabana and he's talking about how he's like feeling a lot of shape. He's got to get in shape for the fucking thing. He's like, yeah, let's, uh, I'll get Punker to train you, man. Um, and Punk trains him and it like fucking spirals out of control cause he's trying to give up caffeine and he's just like a real dick. Uh-huh. Uh, and then like he hurts his back during it. And so he gets put on like prescription medication or he gets put on fucking oxys. Fucking Oxycontin and um, just spirals like he fucking relapses hard. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, to spoil the ending of the season, uh, they're shooting the pilot episode on uh, the guest is Ken Marino, who's great. Um, and he's just fucked up out of his mind. And the, the season ends with him falling out of his chair just onto the ground wow yeah dude that's intense yeah and uh, i've been listening to uh the podcast he's been talking about like you know season four it's probably gonna be the last season he mentioned um and uh it starts he mentioned that season four starts a year after that point that's so great to take a bold choice like that yeah take a bold choice to Get those stakes. Put you put yourself or your character in such a a dire situation. Vulnerable. And then I really do enjoy when shows take that that time jump. Yeah. You know, and make it so that um, uh, many more interesting developments can happen in between. You know, the finale of the third season and the start of the fourth. Last season of Parks and Rec did that. Yep. Uh, which was great. That's season Parks and Rex. Mad <clears throat> Mad Men did it between one and two, right? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how crazy they. I got, mean, Mad but... Men would kind of do that every season, kind of gotcha. jump forward a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, I really fucking dug it. Like, there was a lot that was just like, there's a lot that's really uncomfortable, and there's a lot that, like, I I saw some of your your. Uh, uh, comments in there early in the season. Just My critique like, of retreading. Yeah. Some um, ideas, but. But yeah, dude, some of that man was just fucking. It just like halfway through the season, it really starts rolling downhill. Yeah, it's really fucking. Is his good. dad alive at the end of? Yeah, 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 that was just a thing. That was okay. a, that was a great episode. Yeah, that was a fucking great. I laughed so fucking. You saw that one, right? The one I I think I know I started it. The one where his dad is yeah, that and he he's has trying to get this internet fixed. Yes, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. did you not see the end of that? No, I did. Who? He talked to like the architect of the Matrix, right? Yeah, who was uh, uh, Kurtwood uh, Kurtwood Smith? Uh, he played uh, Form- Eric Foreman's dad on on that. Wow, 70s I must show. have been falling asleep. I didn't. Yeah. Oh wow. No, dude, watch the rest of that episode. I was just on my ass, dying. It's no, because Doctor Drew's funny. in that too. Doctor Drew. Drew's in that. Yeah. Um, uh, comedian. I think his name is Robert Kelly. Uh, is in it, uh, and that. Did you see the part where like he's just he has the technician comes out that just doesn't give a fuck mm-hmm. uh, with the bandana and then he just like trades the like there's the other guy 
I forget his name. It's like trying to like trade a tire. His crazy neighbor. His yeah, crazy he's neighbor. like bartering. Yeah, yeah, and he like bartered the tire, and the guy's like, "Here you go, man." Did you see that part? I like I said, I remember okay. the second technician coming out. I remember him bartering with a tire. That part had me fucking rolling, dude. Yeah. I like was losing my f- mind. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really really funny. Just like not anything special or you know anything in particular, but uh, it just so so <laughs> well portrayed that's awesome i also love how they just clearly like had that house that they used for ray romano's house that's my one of my favorite running jokes <laughs> and it just kept trading ownership twice in a season yeah uh that was that was really funny that was great because it's something i wouldn't think about and they're doing it because they just have access to this great have, location yeah, yeah and they don't want to just like pinhole it as like oh well we can't make it raise house. It's like no, or it's just like production, like you know, production constraints. It's like, right, right. We can't that's get what another I'm saying. Fancy house. Right. We have this one fancy house. Yeah. This is how we're gonna justify shooting at it repeatedly. Yeah. We don't have the money to like redecorate it and like right. build a fake wall here or something. So it's like, yes. Fuck it. Oh, you bought Ray Romano's house. Cool. Absolutely. That's one of the best running jokes I've seen in a long time. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I uh, uh, finished that and was very, very impressed by it. Uh, I watched Grease Live. Okay. Uh, that was on Fox. It was the first time Fox put on one of those live teleplays. Uh, and it was really impressive. I was very, very surprised at, at, at how uh, well the production of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just had... You know, they they broke a lot of fourth wall, like, in between breaks and shit like that. Um, they would have, like, live audience. Like, it was in front of a live audience. And they'd have them, like, fill out, like, bleachers for certain scenes and stuff. And the whole world, like, felt, like, lived in. They were going in and out of rooms. And, cool. and it was on, like, a whole fucking back lot, dude. It was, it was really impressive. They went outside for a lot of stuff. Shot a lot of stuff inside. Um, <clears throat> just really, really impressive. I was, I was very blown away by it. Do they have that available for a replay somewhere? I mean, anywhere legit, like their own website? I don't know. I have track no it idea. down on YouTube. Yeah, it maybe. might be on Hulu. I I have no idea. Um, but it was very very impressive to see. Um, yeah, how fun! Yeah, like how fun. I bet there's so many little kids who saw that 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 will have an impression on them. Well, you know, sure. Because I mean, you do. I feel like you know, you're exposed to Greece at a pretty early age, an age where you probably shouldn't be because like. If you watch, like, the movie, the original movie, like, it sells all the original lyrics where, like, in Grease Lightning, you can get lots of tit, the girls are creaming their jeans and shit, and, uh, like, you know, it's fucking vulgar. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, they clean it up for this. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's also funny just, like, watching it this uh, second, this millionth time around and, uh, to just realize, oh, oh this is just... This is just a story about a bunch of dumb kids. Yeah. Like, all these kids are, like, dumb as fuck. Like, dumb. Like, they're fucking dumb as shit, dude. Through pop culture osmosis, I know. But that's one of one thing I've never really sat down and invested the time yeah. to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, to, like, just to have a grasp on at this point. It's, it's You definitely have a grasp on it. I actually... Yeah. Uh, uh, my after my freshman year of college, I went back uh, home, and uh, the theater group that I, I was a part of like, asked me to like be a part of their production of Greece. Nice. And I was like, "Oh, cool! What do you want me to do?" And then I was Johnny Casino, so I did uh, uh, Hand Jive. 
and some other songs. Born to hand job, baby. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. I need to watch it because I kind of feel like I just don't care about it at all. Or I don't find it. I mean, and I can totally appreciate the... Uh, it, not that I don't care about it, not that I don't think it like it's, you know, it's love is merited, but I've never felt it myself. Yeah. yeah I need to go. Well, that's the thing. Watch, is, I, don't I don't know if you would watch it now and yeah. think like, is this is good. I'm I don't not know. sure like, if I would either. I think you would definitely be able to see like uh, the movie star quality that John Travolta has in that movie yeah. for sure. Um, and there's some other cute little castings here and there, which are fun. Yeah. Um, I've seen Grease 2 50 times. <laughs> I wish that was true. Oh, I wish that was true so bad. That'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, it's just funny to like go back and think like, oh, yes, this is like, sure, it's a, there's a love story here. But like, oh, these kids are dumb as fuck. Yeah, real dumb uh, young people. Really dumb. Uh, so that's just funny. Um, uh, the, the, the guy who played Danny Zuko this time around was uh, Aaron Tevitt, uh, who played Ancheros in Les Mis, uh, the Les Mis movie. I saw like a lot of people, you know, kind of like shitting on him as far as like eh, the guy that played Danny sucked. And it's like, well, no, he didn't suck. It's just when, you're comparing him up against your memory like of a, what, like a 28 year old John Travolta. Yeah, the, uh, an iconic performance too. Yeah. You know, like the guy's talented and he he did everything. Like he checked all the boxes. He did it all correctly. Yeah, he's just not that. You know. Yeah, you just can't compare the two. Wish John Travolta hadn't gotten so weird. Because it was a cool star. Speaking of fucking John Travolta, have you watched uh, American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J. Simpson? No. Dog. John Travolta just going fucking, like, just going for it. He he acts. Uh, he's acting in that show the way uh, a really good actor that had a stroke uh, would think about <laughs> acting again. So I guess this is these are the things that I do, and paint those eyebrows on me, and here we go. We're gonna we're gonna be acting, damn it! We're gonna be acting. It's it's amazing. That's pretty great. The second episode is the 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 white Bronco chase, white Ford Bronco chase, uh, and it's and it's Cuba Gooding Jr. playing O.J. Simpson. Uh, is this on net? Like where's it on come FX? Through? FX. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm, the the whole cast up 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 and down is amazing. Malcolm Jamal Warner's in it. It's great. It's moments where it's like over the top great. Like this is fucking insane, and I'm in, and it's very entertaining because it's ridiculous. And there's other moments where you're just like, God damn, Bruce Greenwood, you're fucking killing it. Cool. Yeah, dude. Ah, oh, God, I can't tell you to watch this show enough. It's so fucking good. That's pretty neat. And just, just that whole time man like that whole thing was just i mean i remember watching the bronco i don't know how old you were during it five four five. and a half five. So you probably w really wouldn't remember i don't know yeah i remember being in a, a holiday inn in Cocoa beach florida uh because my uh, uh family was opening another restaurant at the holiday inn there and we were all there's like pictures of us somewhere like just there's pictures of us watching the chase. This is no doubt, like watershed moment. One of the last, again, in a in a pre-internet time, like captured everyone's attention. Yeah, you know, in 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 a a as harmless as it can be way, like like there really weren't any stakes that fell out for like too many other people. 
Do you mean like because 9-11 was really the one the last time where it was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You remember where you were? Yeah. What happened the morning? Shit, I remember exactly what happened. Right. Everyone was this was to the pure TV. like spectatorship. Yeah. It was. Uh, there's a line in the second episode where they have to cut. Have you seen the documentary, uh, the Thirty for Thirty? Right. Yes, I have. Um, there's uh, a scene where they're in the control room for the '94 NBA Finals, Rockets versus Knicks, and someone from the network like comes in and is like, "We're cutting to this." And he's like, "What? No, this is my first chance to like direct something this big." Mm-hmm. It's like, this poor guy. He's like, "No, fucking picture in picture, fucking cut in." We're doing this. This is everything. This is sports. This is entertainment, and it's news. It's like that's yeah. Not like nothing has checked all those boxes in that big a way since then. Yes, nothing before then. Yeah, totally. It was as you put it, a a non you know involving event yeah. for a mass of people. That yeah, and it's weird too. Even just trying to like, it's like in that way that life is stranger than fiction. Like I don't. I could try and think of an event similar, but I couldn't, I can't yeah. tell you what. Show's yeah. fucking great, dude. Uh, highly, highly, it's highly entertaining. Cool. Good God, man. Um, what else? And then, of course, by the time uh, this episode airs, uh, Walking Dead and Better Call Saul will be back. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, wasn't it crazy when Michonne shoved that sword up? Fucking Tuco's dick. Carl. <laughs> I don't Carl's know. Yeah, dick. Carl's dick. <laughs> um, yeah. I hope. I hope Walking Dead goes like, like ten seasons, and like Carl has a kid and names him Carl's Jr. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Wouldn't it be great? The promotional tie-ins. Exactly. Is, they write themselves. Um. But yeah. So obviously those will have aired, but yeah, we don't know what we're talking about. That, I so. wanted I wanted to bring up something that I I loved uh, in your elevator pitch from last week. You said a term that is a bunch of words, but they ran together into a term that I thought was adorable. And you said, well, later we'll get to what that pickle be, what that pick will be, and it just sounded like pickle be to me. <laughs> And I encourage you all to go back and listen to Rich's elevator pitch. And it's within the first four minutes. It says Pickleby. And I loved it. Pickleby. <laughs> Hashtag Pickleby. Hashtag Pickleby. That's, uh, that's fantastic. I'm yes. glad you I loved it. It was a, just a beautiful, happy accident. Well, like, like so many children. Anyway. Anyways. Um, what else? So, yeah, speaking of the elevator pitch. Yeah, speaking uh, of the elevator yeah, pitch. we watched this week uh, Ripper Street. Ripper Street from, I believe, 2012 mm-hmm. from the BBC. Mm-hmm. A crime procedural set in Victoria-era London, specifically right after the supposed end of the Jack the Ripper murders. Yes. Uh, you know, we got a nice BBC period show. They're pretty good at those. Yeah, that's kind of their bag. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like I said in the elevator pitch, it's set six months after the Jack the Ripper murders. Um, and and I mean, it's a pretty like self-explanatory thing, I guess, from there. Uh, like you said, it's procedural. Yep. Uh, so you're going to have like a, a, mur- a, a murder of the week type of deal. Um, <clears throat> and this one in particular was... Uh, you know, a lot of shows um, like will try to like ease you in 
Like, you know, this is what we're kind of about. Here we go. Here's some, you know, this is what you can expect from us. The murder in this uh, episode was just straight up, like, it just went right to snuff films. Yep, it did. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, the motion picture camera is being invented, and immediately (laughs) it's kill porn. Snuff film. Yeah, exactly. Like, before regular porn. Just, like, straight up. (laughs) Yeah. Like regular porn was like being just pictures. Those were like revolutionary. They have a line. They throw some down. They're like, "Oh man, yeah, this oh is the be the big. the actor, yes, oh no, <laughs> it's the future or whatever." Uh, but yeah, um, I I don't really know where to like uh, start with oh, this just, one. I I do like to just do a gut overall feeling. Yeah, um, it got. Better for me as it went along in the episode. Yeah. It definitely picked up in the latter half of the episode. I feel like the pacing got better. The mm-hmm. stakes got raised. Um, they did a lot of... The editing uh, got really good mm-hmm. towards the second half yes. of the show. And this 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 episode did have a couple scenes that I was uh, very drawn into. Um, Excuse me. And there's a lot of introduction that you have to do as far as the introduction to your characters, your inspectors, your sergeant, uh, your doctor, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I just feel uh, I feel like there's just a lot to be worked with. I feel like there's a lot to uh, on the table that you can use, and they they did touch on mm-hmm. and did use to play uh, a big part uh, in this. Just as far as like. Uh, the sensationalism. They talk about the effect, like the the ramifications of like bad journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they and this was a critique I had earlier that they actually addressed was the emerging of new technologies. Yeah, both with the film camera, but also with the like the telegraph in the police yeah. station. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that. But let's say, like, did you like this show? Like, I liked. Here's the thing, and I. I diagnosed what didn't make me go like, yeah. And it was the, honestly, the performance of the, the, the lead actor, the lead Matthew dude. McFadden, who plays uh, Edmund Reed, the, the, like the head inspector or whatever of this particular case. Um, and he, one, he's just got a big face that bothered me. Like his face was like big. It was a big face. Yeah. <laughs> like, I saw, like once I realized I was like, ah, oh, it's so big. Like his just features. Like, the features are just really big. And that just, like, aesthetically moved me the wrong way. Sure. Um, but he also just kind of lacked this natural, inherent watchability and charisma. I'd agree that with that, a, yeah. a lead character probably should have. I would definitely you know? agree with that. And I feel like this is a conversation that we had before about, what you know, whether or not your lead character should be either just kind of like a blank canvas for you to project yourself upon. Or, like, something like this. Especially because I felt like it was written to where he, like, should have had. Like, there were lines where it's just like, if someone else had that line, he would have fucking knocked it out of the park. Yeah. He wasn't just an exposition machine. He was supposed to be, like, your fucking flashy, like, hero. Yeah, a hero, yeah. And he just fell short. He, he would have been fine as like a sort of a secondary character, sort of a supporting character. Uh, someone that I really did like was the guy who played the Sergeant, Sergeant Drake, Jerome Flynn. He plays Braun on game of Thrones. Yes, absolutely. That it dude's is. awesome. Uh, uh, he, he's got like a couple bare knuckle fighting scenes in the yep. show. 
Um, which, like, after Sherlock Holmes, after the Sherlock Holmes movie, I can kind of like, I can do without still. Um, that kind of is it leads to what I kind of had problems with, but yeah, yeah, it kind of like borrowed from a lot of things that like in that world that kind of worked before in other things. Yeah, he had that sergeant tattoo though. That's a badass tattoo. It was really cool. It's a, go ahead. Uh, I, like I said, I think we'll get to we'll get to MVP and LVP later on, but yeah. I think also he jumped out to me as like. Love this dude, probably because I did love him as Braun yeah. in the times I've seen him. So, but I think I still would have, um, you know, he would have grabbed my attention. Sure, I couldn't. I could not. I I agree with what you said about all the performances, especially for the lead guy. For me, I think what made me not as into the show was just, I get a lot of just retreaded territory. And I, especially because I really like this period in history yeah. a lot. Um, but it does feel like we've seen it a lot. A lately. lot. I wanted to ask you because you know, and I thought that this would be a good um, comparison. Mm-hmm. The Nick takes place in a like turn of the century, right? Yeah, post 1900s. Okay, yeah. so maybe 20 years later or something, but almost like a similar yeah. thing. And obviously, it's a it's about medicine and not about procedurals. But what? What makes the Nick like a great show? It's, um, I mean, honestly, like the performances are easy for anybody to to sink their teeth into. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, when you have someone like Clive Owen as your uh, your lead character, like you're kind of, you know, working in the in the black. Yeah, with some already, really, yeah, some yeah, top talent. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just expertly handled, and it no, I mean, the whole thing was fucking directed by Soderbergh, and the writers yeah. are really good, and it it knows how to like if it has something like a parallel to today that it wants to get across, or you know, cer- certain big story points or something like that that it wants to get across. It it was just expertly handled. Yeah. Whereas I feel like. Ripper Street tried to do some of those things, like yeah, journalism. There's good journalism and there's bad journalism, right? And sensationalist journalism, uh, same thing. Yeah, with like certain you know law techniques, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 detection techniques. Uh, and it certainly, it just, it felt like it 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 fumbled them a little bit. Yeah, because like what you're aspiring to say is worth saying, but you just might not be properly equipped to do it as well as you want to. You're striving, right. I mean, you know. Right. Whether it's from what you yeah. have written or who you have saying what you have written. Yeah. Yeah. And and like it's I mean that's what's up is like it's great to aspire to say something larger. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just like it's not as graceful if you're not ready to do it. Yeah. I find that I'm trying to see if I can boil it down between is this like a I have an issue with like historical things or if I have an issue I think it might be with procedurals. I just yeah. find them so like stifling. I find that the all the most interesting parts of this time and of this show that I would like to know more about um have nothing to do with solving a crime. Yeah. It would be about what's the ramifications of new technology in England? What are the what are the evolving ideas of sexuality and gender relationships you know and all these things like are dusted in yeah but it's all just more about like here's the body here's the suspects and it's like i just fucking don't 
care, you know, and again, it's like, like you said, it's like a murder of the week. It's, a, um, you know, Gotham, you know, was in a lot of ways, like the, the engine of it is, mm-hmm. is procedural and has to be there, you know, but I'm always way more intrigued about the other things the in the show. Yeah, and the characters and all this stuff, so. Yeah, um, I could totally yeah. see the show having been pitched as a, uh, as eight uh, uh, 1800 or, you know, 1880s, 1890s Law & Order SVU. Yeah, totally. Which, because the reason that comes to mind is because at the very end of this episode, it had, like, the next week. Mm-hmm. And it, like, brought me in. And it, I was ready to watch that episode the same way you just sit on the couch on a Saturday or Sunday and watch an SVU marathon yeah, for like all day. four hours. Yeah. yeah. The same way you're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch this again. I'll watch the next one just because, I don't know, I want to see what happens. Yeah. But, like, it's nothing more than that. Yeah. I don't know if this is essential to success or anything or if this is just a personal preference, but whenever you're dealing with a different time period or a different reality, I think it's important to show that they're virtually no different than than we are today. Because, yeah. again, humanity is really no different than it was 30,000 years ago. It's yeah. it's about the technology. It's about the fucking clothes we're wearing. I mean, honestly, if you, if you want to be honest about it, it's been the last 100 years that have been way more different than the preceding. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's when the, the technology... Right. Uh, like it started, you know, really building right. quicker, More. quicker, like, and brought the social reforms, yeah. you know, that we're really seeing today again about gender equality and, you know, racial equality and things like that. So whenever a show set in a time period doesn't make me feel like I identify with anybody, mm-hmm. I just tune out very yeah. quickly. And I feel like, again, it was, it was trying to like, it, it's intent was to do that. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't. Ready to do that. Yeah. You know, like whoever the, uh, it was in charge of the, the show or, you know, the creators and everything, like, lofty and ambitious, and you got to give them credit for that because, like, their heart was in the right place, and they know that just what – they know exactly what you know as well. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't fucking uh, uh, deliver. Yeah. And pull it off. Yeah, you know, I think more – and if I were to recommend changes or if I had any kind of idea that at least I would – you know, that I would offer up rather than just critique would be like, again, these more, the smaller conversations of, of that make us real people and that sort of tie us to, to everyday life outside of, you know, what the, the case is about. Like, I like the scene where they were drinking in the pub, you know, I can't get some more pub talk. I can't get some more talk about fucking, I don't know, cricket or whatever they watched when they were. Well, and again, like, I don't think your lead character is, and that actor is like, charismatic enough to pull that off yeah like it would just come across big faced and wooden all over again <laughs> big faced and wooden can't get over how big he his had face a big old face that, his face is as big as that fucking robin that we saw the yes the it was earlier good yes. god give you an idea how big that robin was yes it was um you know that last scene i really liked where he brought in the the old inspector from the jack the ripper case as well as the uh, the editor from the uh, the star or whatever it was uh and he like fucking laid it out to them like that was a cool scene where he's just like you fucking did this because of this. You fucking went after this because of this. Like they, the the whole premise of the show is that like there, there's going to be these fucked up murders that happen, uh, and they're all going to get a, a, a initially attributed to Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what I imagine every episode's going to be like. If you call it fucking Ripper Street, not really much else to go from there. Nope. Um, but 
Yeah, and so he just like fucking lays it down. You wanted it to be Jack the Ripper to sell fucking papers because you sold papers when he was fucking doing his thing. You wanted it to be Jack the Ripper, past inspector, because of uh, what guilt, because you never found him. Right, you want to and close the circle gone, on this. And you can't fucking go to those families and say, like, this is who killed your daughter and shit like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, it did touch on a lot of pretty interesting things, though. Like, at the beginning, like, the very beginning, the body is found uh, from a dude giving a Jack the Ripper tour, basically. Yep. Which is, like, really cool and crazy. And, like, yeah, that totally happens today. Yeah. Uh, fuck, like, you know, I remember when, uh, when I was a kid. Remember, I don't know if you remember the story about, like, when fucking uh, Johnny Versace got gunned down in front of his house in Not Miami. As a kid, no. That was, like, a big story in South Florida. And I remember we had uh, relatives come in from, from Baltimore, and they wanted to go see the, the fucking Versace house. Okay. And, like, we brought them there. We, like, stood out in front of the gate. And, like, took pictures and shit. Yep. Like, the public has a fucking morbid curiosity about this shit. Yeah, bringing, bringing attention to that in, a, like, a non-overly oh, dramatic way, but still, like, a charismatic way is important, you know? Yeah. Making those connections. Uh, and there's also, like, some fun stuff about... Well, not fun stuff. Uh, but, yeah, about, like, trying to, you know, frame it as... Everybody wanting it to be this one specific evil that, like, you know, we can all I feel like uh, one of the larger ideas of the show is being able to to uh, unify behind this, like, one specific evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also what, you know, was a lot of the motivation for the paper for it to for it to be Jack the Ripper. And, like, a lot of people or the public wanting it to be Jack the Ripper. But, like, that's ju- it just you can't do that because then all of this other fucking evil and all these other monsters are just going to still be able to get away with it under the guise of the, of just the one. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, and that was, that was something I felt that did get, that did come across throughout the whole episode. Um, but again, like very sloppily. Yeah. Again, just in a non-invested way for yeah. me. Um, I did want to say just my favorite scene uh, is when they get this villain who's a photographer, um, locks them in to a room and sets fire to the celluloid. The Ghostbusters 2 scene. The Ghostbusters 2 scene. That's exactly right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> See, we've seen it before, we've man. We've seen it before, dog. I have to say, though, they basically, basically they created an, an ending as compelling as Winston breaking down the door which was a very interesting and surprisingly like well tied together solution. Yeah, using the chemicals inside the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked that, and I really liked that earlier in the episode. Maybe one of the only intriguing things about Big Face, and I don't know if you've noticed, but when he he took off his shirt, I saw like all burn the scars and burn all that scars yeah. and, and stuff. And he's like holding it earlier in the episode, right? Too. Yeah. So the the. That's a great way to sprinkle in a history that, like, I do want to know more about. It's like, who is this guy? How did he get burnt? Mm -hmm. How does he know so much about, you know, this kind of stuff? So really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was cool. Um, They're uh, uh, at the end of how they get out of the the dark room. um, That was also, like, another, like, attempt at being cheeky and, like, good writing because, like, they basically, you know, turn like all the the flash powder and everything into like a, an explosive. Yes. To blow the door down, and uh, like he's trying to, they're they're behind a table and he's trying to throw matches at it, and 
uh, like he's he misses, he misses, he makes it, and then it's just like a small little poof, mm-hmm. and then big explosion. Yeah, but like that was a that was a that made me smile that moment. That it was, was a, that was a very fun. T- yeah, you know, a, gr- a great moment of levity in in these sort of very serious shows. Yeah, um, I mean that's so big, and that's not to be discounted, man. Uh, just like sometimes, uh, a, uh, you see, have you seen Ex Machina? No, I have not. No, it's a heavy movie. Uh, but there's like this one scene where, uh, and I'm not spoiling anything here. There's just this one scene where, um, uh, fucking, uh, fucking Poe Dameron. What's his name? Oscar Isaac. Yes. Uh, just like, just dancing with some, you know, some droids, some droids. Yeah. And it's this really cool, like breath that you get to take, um, you know, and that's that's fucking essential, man. Like, you just can't be just oppressed <laughs> like entire for a episode. whole hour. You know? Yes. Um, like that's when when Game of Thrones is is operating at its best. Like, there's quips and remarks at each other that like make you fucking chuckle. Mm-hmm. You know? Um. Yeah, very necessary. There's also a really cool line uh, when they're beating the shit out of the one guy that was that was running the the bare knuckle boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "What are you basing this on?" And the your lead character uh, is just like, uh, "I wish I could say more, but honestly, not much." Yeah, not like, much intuition or something. And like, just the 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 cleverness that the line was written in uh, is what made me notice it. But like, in more capable hands. That's a fucking killer line. It would really pop. Yeah, yeah. It would really show you this well-intentioned, pretty good detective is just grasping at straws a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't I, have a lot. I just have a feeling like most people, that line just went right over their fucking head. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much where I know I stand with River Street. I don't really yeah. have too much more to say about it. What do you got for an MVP and an LVP? Well, let's start with an LVP. LVP? Um, yeah. Big old I, face? It would either be Big Face or, because uh, we haven't talked at all about that American Doctor guy. Yeah. Who, like, could be a super interesting character. But again, I just don't think the guy's that great of an actor. And also, like, I had to look up as to whether or not he was American. Thank you. I did the exact same thing. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad. I was like, this is this is a rare case of a Briton doing an American accent. And then I see he's from, like, Jersey. Yeah. Like, fuck you. It's like he's doing a bad <laughs> American accent. It's like, what is going on? Oh. <laughs> but I'm so glad that you did the same thing. I I feel so fucking vindicated. Oh, yes. Oh, that feels good. Um, Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was just not good. Again, no. great idea for a character. Just... Not handled well. Not handled not well. Casted well. Made me. I disliked him again. I, yeah. I don't think that there's anything inherently. Well, I think there might be a little cliche to have, like the you know the the hound dog, yet he's a genius kind yeah. of house ish type sure. character. Um, but like house, you know, you got to be pretty talented to to accentuate the likability. Yeah. The admirable qualities in person. Otherwise, you just don't like him. Which yeah. Is, how I ended Again, up feeling. it was a character that was meant to be like written in shades of gray, but that gray is leaning a little bit more darker than than lighter. Yeah. Um, so it'd be between those two, but like 
because it's the pilot and like he's your he's your your main character. Like there aren't two or three main characters on this show. There aren't places to pivot on the show. He's your guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a what's his fucking face? What's his name? Matthew McFadden. McFadden. Um, Fadian. Matthew. McFadden, whatever his name is. LVP from Matt. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Mac. Matt Mac. Um, I'd agree with that. You know, I got to say, actually, you know, I would wish, but um, I don't care at all. I don't care either way about LVP, MVP. I was not into it. I like Braun. Yeah. I like Braun a lot. I think it's um, easy to go Jerome Flem for Yeah, for MVP. MVP. Um, yeah, I'd say that. But uh, other than that, I got to say a lot of a lot of apathy toward, uh, toward uh, the... The whole, you know, I really am not trying to really tell you, you know, it's like, you would hate this show or it's a travesty, yeah. but, like, uninterested. Well, that's the thing is I think there's certainly a market for it. Like, mm-hmm. it's that SVU-type, you know, angle where you just got to, like, put it on, like, a bunch of them at a time. The one thing that I'm interested in and I could see longevity-wise, because I was reading and this did get renewed, this had a weird um, life cycle in terms of, like, it was going to get cut for uh, budget region reasons or not renewed, but kind of like what Netflix has been doing. Some some market or some entity was like, we will finance this. Okay. We will help finance this. And that got it back up on its feet. And I believe it's going into its fourth season. Okay. Um, which is cool. And I would hope that as time goes on with more seasons, the, the year will change and will usher in more, yeah. more of the real world interesting know, things. Big Netflix bailing out BBC. There you go. Uh, it's some, yeah, but some I feel different like that is company. happening more. Um, mm-hmm. Like BBC, there's like co-productions mm-hmm. um, because BBC America is like proving to be more and more of like a big stream of, of revenue for BBC. Mm-hmm. And so... Those fat Americans, they love TV, man. Yeah. It also kind of felt like that, like there's an American character kind of shoehorned in there just to like... In case it, you know, may, it breaks through over there. Americans they have someone, like yeah. Americans. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but that, I mean, that's interesting, but I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah. Um, I can't personally, like, pick it up, but, like, if you're into that kind of show, um, you might like it. It might be just kind of like, you know, a different sort of uh, flavor of SVU for you. Because um, it's not like those shows don't have, like... They they they'll pepper in story over the course of like a whole season too. Like they do have that. It's just not what the whole show's built around. Yeah. They kind of work story in around the their of the week. Yeah. You know? Yep. I mean I agree. I just you know, I started not articulate a little better, but I was just uninterested. In well, the same way, that's like, fair because the show wasn't able to articulate yeah. better either. Miss Fisher's murder mysteries, this it's all there is quickly becoming a a category for like historical procedural yeah prestige that is just procedural procedural oh my god you're the MVP for this episode <laughs> Rich a, a historical procedural I need I need to, to become going a, a television executive just to come up with like shitty genre portmanteaus how how long do you think you could ride on that like in terms of like you wouldn't have to do any other work. Oh, God. Co- at least five years. See, that's what I think. They're like, that's what I want is like, I want to be able to have like a one solid idea that just lets me coast for yeah. a while. I feel like there's a strong parallel to be drawn between 
a head of a network and a college football coach. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I think so. And you're like, you sort of uh, uh, come in after like someone sort of underperformed, but they may have had like a really strong recruiting class. Yep. And so they had nothing to do with. You had nothing to do with. <laughs> let those shows ride. And then when you have to have a recruiting class, like it's not that great. You're kind of exposed, but you ride for a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and then you're ousted. Yep. Yeah, I think that's pretty apt. I do too. Yes. <laughs> So I look forward to uh, uh, Will Muschamp uh, being the network head of Fusion in two years. That'd be great. And then when he subsequently is kicked out, of course, it'd be great too. What's the name of our coach now? Uh, McElwain. McElwain. Yeah, Jim McElwain. Get those names straight, guys. Just simpler. Let's. The last time there's been a famous. That's what Ellis uh, Island was for, man. That's what happened when you don't have one fucking uh, uh, focused point of entry. Yeah. It's like, what is yeah. this? What is this? Fucking David Rodvenovich? Knock half that shit off. That's yeah. unnecessary. David Wren. Yeah. Welcome to America. Yeah. That's right. What is this? Fucking. McElwain. Fucking uh, Vito Corleone. <laughs> you don't need that. You get rid of fucking eight, uh, seven eighths of that. <laughs> God. Odie, 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 Odie. <laughs> yeah, man. Coach Mac. That's what I'd call him. <clears throat> well, hey. I think that about does it for this week's show. And thank Christ. (laughs) But I'm going to really enjoy much more, uh, you know, our uh, our wrap up here. Um, You know, typically uh, this is a time where we just thank you and uh, mention the the points of contact that you can have for us and and things like that. We do like to give shouts out for particular feedback and things like that. we do have a, a special event, I think. Someone uh, for the first cashed time. it in. And um, we'll, what we'll do is I'll record it separately. Okay. Um, we'll go out back or wherever it's shotgun safe. Okay. And um, and we'll we'll pop this in at the very tail end of the episode. That sounds good. That sounds but, good. But uh, nevertheless, a hearty, hearty thank you once again for being the first, hopefully not the last. This is just proof that he'll do it. To um, to Jacob Reyes, the Jacob D Reyes on Twitter, uh, for uh, simply just simply saying it was like, it wasn't like big and, and grand, it was just simply, you should shotgun a beer on the next step of picked up odd. Yes, yes, he formally requested that I make good on the deal that I said, which I would shotgun a beer if requested to. So that is going to happen at the end of this episode. Uh, I'd like to modify uh, my my. Uh, I just just occurred to me my standing offer, which is I will do it on request. I would like to hear uh, something good about the show or Rich or myself. <laughs> so it's got to come with a compliment. I would like a compliment of of one of those three things. Yeah, we're not just pieces of meat here. Yeah. Okay. I would like to hear, and it better be genuine. Okay. It better be genuine. We're humans with feelings. Right. So do that for us. But if you're not interested in my stupid antics, um, there's a variety of ways that you can always get in touch with us and support the show. Um, First of all, I mean, main thing you can always do is just listen. We love the fact that we have an audience that we can reach out to, discuss things with, and that somebody cares. So 
as Rich always likes to say, we like this to be a dialogue and not just a monologue. There's a variety of ways that you can always reach us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook by searching Picked Up Podcast. If you ever need to send us an email, you can send one to pickeduppodcast at gmail.com. And one of our favorite ways, you can tweet us at Picked Up Pod. Uh, also, if you're ever interested in suggesting a show and getting uh, one of your listener picks on our radar, there is a process that you can go through. Would you like to tell us, Rich? Hell yeah. Head on over to Picked Up Podcast on Facebook.com. At Facebook.com. Like, why did I say .com? It's all good. It's 2016. Facebook. Head on over to Facebook everywhere uh, and uh, uh, post on our page which show you'd like us to watch. And then to lock it in, make it an official, an official request. Uh, head on over to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and uh, leave us a rating and review. Um, we have a couple of postings on our site uh, on the Facebook, but uh, the reviews aren't up yet. That might be iTunes doing. Um, if it's anywhere other than iTunes, uh, just take a screenshot and hit us with that um, just so we know. And uh, yeah, and and we'll watch it. We will watch it. Absolutely. And that's something everyone can do, actually. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your listening platform of choice. It really helps the show. Uh, in addition to us, there are a number of shows on the Arcade Audio Network that you can listen to. Flagship show, Podswoggle, a wrestling podcast with entertainment, uh, posts quite regularly and with all of uh, your favorite hosts and characters on there. You can find our sister podcast, Married with Movies, with Mullet and Sam reviewing a different film uh, every episode, sometimes multiple films. They still do that? Or just a single uh, I don't film. think so. Yeah, just a single just film. Just a single film. However, um, great show as well. Newly acquired Dilettante Ball with Spencer Hamilton and Johnny O'Mara, where they select a different Wikipedia article every week to discuss, as well as Rudy Mendoza's Our Father, a, a uh, confessional podcast of uh, real confessions that Rudy has just stumbled upon in posts. There are um, some fucking slayers coming up soon on that. It's going to get to a point where we uh, we're, we we have too many shows to list. To list all name. of them. Yeah. And I was going to say. Uh, a, very and, soon. Yes. That is that is excellent. Look out for new programming. Look out for blank slates periodically. Uh, indeed. Rich, do you have any personal promotions? Uh, you just uh, always hit me up on Twitter, Average Cami or uh, Fistagram. <laughs> Uh, Instagram, uh, Rich Cammy Four. Um, uh, you know the deal. Hit me up. Uh, follow Arcade Audio on Twitter too. Uh, arcade underscore Audio. Yes, yes, indeed. Please follow that. You can always. And again, that's ArcadeAudio.net for the website. For me, you can find me on Twitter at R Bravo. R Bravo. You can find me on Instagram. At real.rob.bravo. I think that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. Yeah. You can find me on Snapchat at RobPBR. And uh, for the next couple of weeks, you can come on out to the Bug House Theater on West Irving Park, off the Irving Park Brown Line in Chicago for the Thursday night showcase for the Chicago Improv Studio. Tank baby! Tank baby. You can see a lot of, a lot of excellent improv there. Uh, I can attest to that one. So uh, last week, Laugh my ass off. Rich is a is a good supporting buddy. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. So hey, hang out for just past the end of this episode to hear me make good on my my promise. Um, but I think that that about does it. Any anything else, Rich? I'm good, man. 
So for myself, Robert, for Rich, thanks so much for listening to Picked Up. Keep your dial tuned to awesome. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net. Hey, everybody. Get ready for this. Oh. <laughs> I love how the older we get, like, in, in college, you just take your key, shove it in there. Aluminum's splayed everywhere. Right. And you just fucking shove it down your gullet. You just do it. No, it's like surgical. It is. I use Responsible. It. I lace like a real... I like a big hole, too. It's no pun, <laughs> but I really... It's yeah, no, you, it's, it, you, it's best for it. I've never shotgunned anything in this cold of weather. Really? It's, this is really it's pretty cold. chilly. All right. And here we go. That's so cold. So you know it's real. So cold.